M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. I've become the vagina lady. This is M. Salation. I have to say that I have several theories about why this is in some ways the ultimate M. Rossiano piece of entertainment to <laughs> continue. That's another thing I have in common with Trump. I do love an all-caps text message. That's your dream job. Sit at home with a microphone. Judging hot people. <laughs> You're in Emsolation. Hello. How are you? Welcome to Emsolation. I'm sitting outside at my mum and dad's. Um, they just live up the road from me like good walks. We all live very close by. So if you hear the incidental outdoor noise, it might be a mower. might be a whippersnipper. might be a bird. Just go with it. Sunny day in Melbourne today, so I'm enjoying it. I wanted to talk to you all, and I wondered if you've all felt this, especially I think if you've been in Melbourne. I realised over the last few days that I've actually been holding my breath. Um, I have spent this year since this all happened, probably February, making sure that everyone around me was moving forward, that we had things to focus on, that money was still coming in. You know, I was hustling. I was making the podcast. I was, I was, you know, selling merch. I'm doing the project. I'm, you know, I'm still keeping things ticking over and then also making sure the kids are okay and that they've got things to do and that, you know, the homeschooling was good and all the stuff. And I didn't dare stop down ever once to kind of check in with myself. I mean, I did a couple of times, but I just wanted to make sure that the momentum kept going. And I think because now we're back to a little bit of normality, I think finally my brain and body just exhaled and I realized how much deficit I was in. I'm in an energy deficit. I'm in a care factor deficit. (laughs) I'm in a love deficit. I am exhausted. I'm completely spent. I was wandering around saying out loud, what's wrong with me? Why am I so tired? Why I just feel, I wake up feeling tired. And then I have a million coffees and I function on adrenaline, you know, and I get stuff done in the middle of the day and I'm exercising and I'm trying to keep everything going. But I'm just so tired. And then I think about, okay, well, you need to have a break. You need to actually stop doing everything and just rest. But I have built up this ridiculous house of cards around me that if I stop, everything stops. Because I like to control everything because I know how everything works. I know the inner workings of my family. I know the inner workings of my business. And because I'm a small business and it's me and I'm the product, if I stop, the money stops. And that's how we pay all our bills. <laughs> so the idea of having a break seems impossible. But I also know if I don't actually stop posting on Instagram, stop making the podcast, stop being everything to everyone, if I don't do that soon, it's going to happen and it's going to be out of my hands. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to break in half. I'm not going to be able to get up one day. So I wonder, I wonder, and I ask this question of any of you who have figured it out. How do I have a rest and stop everything from falling apart? I'm in a prison of my own making because I, you know, I do everything and, I, and I'm not very good at asking for help. But also, I have trained my family to think that they are entitled to my effort. And now I find myself being resentful when they don't acknowledge my effort or thank me or do kind things in return. And if I pull anyone in my family up and say, hey, you didn't thank me for doing that, they respond with, well, I didn't ask you to do it. And it's true, they didn't. 
But I also know that if I don't do that thing all the time that makes their life better, then they kind of feel resentful towards me. So I'm in this horrible cycle. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like your family and your partner just think that they're entitled to your effort and love and hard-earned work? And I know that it's my fault that they feel entitled. I've allowed that to happen. So, yeah, I've just been doing a lot of, you know, it's the end of the year. I'm doing a stock take. How are you guys? Are you feeling that fatigue? And I just don't want anyone to kind of go, oh, 20, and I don't, I'm not, wow. Do you see how I can't even speak? I don't, I'm not under the illusion that when the clock strikes midnight on December 31st and 2021 clicks over, that it's going to be any better or different. Like, sure, the pandemic's eased, but I need to make significant changes and I'm starting with a new psychologist next week. And I have to tell you, I will be very open about, I always seek help straight away. I seek help as soon as I realize things aren't going, I'm not I'm well, I'm not okay. And I'm going to talk to her. And the first thing I'm going to talk to her about is getting into a headspace where I give myself permission to have a rest. <laughs> So there you go. Even Michael Lucas, poor thing, he's like, oh, I'm so tired. I got up at 5 a.m. And I said, I don't care. I actually said to my best friend in the whole world, sorry, I don't care. I'm sorry. I have no sympathy for you right now. I am out. I'm tapped out. And he laughed and he's cool and he understands because he does know, you know, if we're going to have the sleep competition, he understands that I have a two-year-old human that sleeps on me and I get two-hour bursts and I haven't had a full night's sleep in a very long time. He knows. So even when he says things to me like I'm so tired, he then always says straight after, but I know, I know. So he knows. But I don't, I can't even summon sympathy for my favourite person in the whole world. How's that? Well, speaking of my favourite person in the whole world, let's bring him in. We have a lot to discuss. Melania Trump's Christmas decorations do dominate a lot of this conversation, I warn you. <laughs> and look, if you have any ideas, if you have any ideas how to solve this thing, or if you've managed to triumph and clock it, please send me a message. We'll get there. I think everyone do you do everyone gets tired first. Everyone first week of December you feel tired, don't you? I'm not the only one. Fuck. All right. Thanks for listening. It's my little download, my little practice therapy session to an audience of just no one just screaming into the void. But I know that I'm tucked inside your ear. And I know some of you are sitting here now listening, going, Yeah, Em, I see you, girl. Well, I see you. I bloody see you too. All right, play the music. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. All right. Well, it's important. It's that time of year. Melania had to do the fucking Christmas decorations again. <laughs> her last chance to offer a scream from her inner psyche. Well. But she didn't really take it. No, she's let us down. But look, you know, obviously since he took office, Trump, Melania's duty as Flotus was to do this. So, you know, every Flotus in the history has apparently taken great pride in spending months planning their theme. Fuck, I would kill that. I oh, would yeah. kill the White House. I just want to be bought in as the White House Christmas correspondent, like specialist. Like I want to be flown in <laughs> to do that whole scenario. Imagine the budget. Flotus has opted to put on a performance on the South Belt. Flotus has employed the entire Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> <laughs> there will be acrobats performing as elves 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the entire month of December. The entire Secret Service has had to learn a Tony Bartuccio dance routine. <laughs> the Secret Service will be wearing red taxes for the entire month of December also. 
<laughs> and no one is to question Flotus's angel wings when they open mechanically at every function. <laughs> <laughs> wait. Anyway, obviously, so what happens is it's a whole big thing. So the first week of December, the massive tree gets delivered. Have you seen the fucking size of the official White House tree, the one? I love it. I feel like Rockefeller Plaza and the White oh. House are the two trees that you look for. Yeah, they're huge. And then obviously a few days later the theme is unveiled. But we did find out a few months ago from her former friend and unpaid advisor, Stephanie Winston Walhoff, who recorded Melania saying that, you know, I just don't give a fuck about it. Let's have a, let's remind ourselves of how much Melania gives zero fucks about Christmas. You know, who gives a fuck about Christmas stuff and decoration, but I need to do it, right? Which you found intensely relatable, even though you yourself love Christmas decorations, but still the <laughs> disillusionment do. in her voice connected with you. <laughs> it really did. For one moment I thought, yeah, Melania, I see you. I get it. She's like, I'm just doing my best. No fucker recognises that. Then I have to give a fuck about Christmas. I'm exhausted. I get it. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed about this year. So she's had some interesting times. Let's not forget the 2018 blood trees, the giant, terrifying, soulless red cones that kind of looked like the hellscape of misery and death. Do you remember those? Oh, they're seared into my retinas for all time. <laughs> it was just <laughs> such a fascinating look. At, I mean, she because she says so little, and so yeah. everyone reads so much into Melania, mm. like the little littlest hand gesture. We read mm. all these things about the marriage. So when she actually got unleashed her decorations, tell you what, it was a psychoanalyst oh. delight. Those red cones, like the Handmaid's Tale, they look. She like had handmaid. turned festive into horrific. <laughs> it was amazing. And then last year, of course, who could forget the all white Christmas? <laughs> I mean, obviously everyone's a bit sort of almost deflated that she went for such a conventional look. But, see, I read into this as well. She's thrilled because now she's only got a few more months before she can ditch Donnie. Like, that's why she's feeling so festive about it. No. If he had had won again, we would have got more horror, I think. Well, see, this year, yeah, she's done – the theme is America the Beautiful, inspired by America's shared appreciation for our traditions, values and history. And it's really normal looking. It's got trees covered in baubles dedicated to kids around the US. But what I wanted was like a massive fuck you, like one crazy final cacophony of just fucking decorations. I wanted like Melania was here 2020 scrawled in red lipstick. (laughs) I wanted her to appear on a Harley in all leather and ride down the halls just with middle fingers up. Show. That's what I would have advised. Totally. But I think she's holding her fire because obviously Melania, I mean, we have not heard the last from her and <laughs> and Trump is not going to be around forever and we're talking about like all the tell-all books and everything like that. I feel like it's all a slow build-up until we eventually and triumphantly get Melania's take oh on this whole situation. And I think she might wait till he dies, maybe, or maybe not. She's Eastern European block. Slovenian. That's Eastern European block, isn't it? Yeah. So you don't wait for your target to die to inflict pain. You make sure they can see it. In the medium, he holds dear. She'll outrate him. He, it will be the final insult. You're right because because if she releases the book and he's still around, then the publicity will like exponentially because oh. he'll react to it. And yep. yeah, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be oh, like I really th- that can't come soon enough. Melania sit down and who do we want it to be with? Oprah. Anderson Cooper. Who do we want? Oprah? Oh, God. I mean. Who's going to do it? 
Like, what's her name with the what's the a thousand year old woman with the severe blonde bob? Is been Barbara Walters. Yeah, she's good. She's good. Who do we want? Remember when Trump did the town hall and there was that really like chipper woman who kept asking him really brutal questions? I, she oh, was yeah. she was pretty good. She looked like Laurie Laughlin from Full House, but but then every once in a while she was just asking this sort of devastating things. I Oprah, I feel like Oprah is too loyal to Michelle Obama. I, and I don't know oh, why I'm drawing no that. no way. You, you don't think? Are, Oprah Winfrey has killer instincts. She oh, has You know who I would take instincts. Gail as well because remember <gasps> when she interviewed yes. R. Kelly and she was like, Robert, Robert. Robert, I mean, ending up buried in deep. Robert, we have to have a conversation. Really. I, I don't want you just ranting at the camera. That was a famous, yes. famous interview. I think she would probably be the best. She's the right mixture of hard ass, but also lulls you into opening oh up. Oh, God. Yes, Gail. You know what I love about today's news cycle is that Rudy Giuliani has asked Donald Trump for a preemptive pardon, so he's not sure what he needs a pardon for yet, <laughs> but he knows he's going to need one. <laughs> <laughs> or he's on the brink of committing a crime and he's yeah. just thinking, I, I didn't even know early? a pre Guys, I'm going to need a preemptive pardon for my behaviour in 2021. Are we all good with that? Yep, terrific. Okay, great. Let's move forward. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. All right, well, uh, we'll put pictures up of Melania's disappointing display. Of well, Melania. except for her be best balls. And they were, they, there was a oh. touch of horror to them because they look like sort of oversized golf balls with white spikes coming out of them. They look like baseballs. Is that what you're looking for, Mr. Sporty Sporterson? <laughs> <laughs> but, so but they had the little spikes, didn't they? They had weird little Yeah, yeah, no, that things. was like, they, Oh, yeah. they looked like a white version of the coronavirus cells. The bee best baubles, that, she stuck to that, even though... People would have said to her, are you sure you don't want to pop a the in there? Mm. Like, or your. You sh- no, be best. Be best. And, like, and she stuck with that. And the ridiculousness of the, of the husband who is absolutely <laughs> lives by the creed of be the absolute worst. <laughs> and and remember the booklet that came with the be best was a direct ripoff of Michelle Obama? Like there were plagiarism like up the wazoo. There were whole <laughs> paragraphs cut out of Michelle Obama's booklets. Oh, but, but whichever intern, whichever Flotus assistant went, yeah, yeah, Be Best is great. I mean, that person, well done, because it's it's gone through to the baubles. Oh, it has. And, and, and the way it's obviously in red ink on the baubles and it does look like etched in blood. <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> Fuck anyway, <it> enjoy. <laughs> be Best. Now, you did send through something last night that just entertained me. So, so much. Tara Reid. Oh, Tara. <laughs> Tara Reid, obviously from Sharknado. Was she in all the Sharknados? <laughs> I, love, I love that, you, obviously. You've gone to a real career high point for her. <laughs> Sorry, was there something better than Sharknado well, I, I should be aware of? generously, look, let's just what? say she was in American Pie and The Big Lebowski. I mean, she, she has been in some things that- I think Sharknado ge- is more of note. <laughs> Tara Reid, famous hot mess. How about that? Yeah, that's pretty good. Also known for Celebrity Big Brother 8, which didn't even play in this country, but if you'd seen it. She's 45. Really? How's that? I know. For some reason in my mind, she'll always be a trashy 20-year-old. Absolutely. Oh, we're being told she was in Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> Another stellar <laughs> cinematic entry. She's putting together a new movie called, mm. what is it, Marsha's Mushrooms? Yes, or Marsha's Mushrooms. You- 
Did you see the film poster with the very convincing black wig that she's wearing? Yes, it's beautiful. She's apparently got 16 films in the works, guys. 16. Mm. She self-produces. So first of all, that's when the first alarms ring. It's like when someone says, I'm going to represent myself in my court trial. Mm. And then she she really felt like she needed another leading lady in her new film, Marsha's Mushrooms, which is the story of a woman who holds a birthday party for her child and accidentally drugs all the guests with mushrooms and they then have to spend the rest of the film figuring out what's fantasy and what's reality. Ooh. I went and read the synopsis. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. She went about the very professional route of approaching Nicole Kidman via Instagram comments to star. (laughs) This is so painful and yet it was just riveting. In the movie alongside her. Uh, So Nicole's posted a picture of her dressed up um, as the woman from The Undoing, which we'll talk about in a sec. It's a a classic Nicole in serious actress mode shot. She's on a windswept balcony looking out over an amazing vista. Mm, communicating serious actress, serious role, high-end HBO production. 100%. She just looks whimsical and windswept but unbelievably smooth. And Tara (laughs) Reid has written under this, you are truly amazing in everything you do. I've been. Let's just say there's some spellers, spelling mistake. It's hard to communicate some of the spelling mistakes, but this is I've be gap E-N, a huge fan forever. Yeah. Hopefully one day we can work together soon. I'm producing a movie, Masha's Mushroom, it starring Vivica Fox, Billy Zane, Beverly D'Angelo, myself, Tara Reid. In case Nicole had forgotten who the comment was being written by. Jade, Jesus, and others, it truly an amazing script. I would love for you to read it. Shoreline and Universal are doing it. It's a franchise of five films. If you can follow me so I can tell you more, kindly Tara. Wow. What a reach out. I mean, there's so many elements of that message. Firstly, I mean, I I think the thing that really just blew me away is obviously the whole notion of approaching Nicole Kidman in this way. (laughs) When surely she knows every catty gay in the Western world, looks at Nicole Kidman's comments, his, his eyes on it. So firstly, you're going into the lion's den. Secondly, I mean, just the notion of, of approaching anyone professionally in this way, it's a, it's a true, true no-no. And then also, I have to stop at a franchise of five films. Like, this is a story about a dinner party where they take mushrooms and can't tell what's real and what's not. How are we, how are we going to watch that for five films? What? Well, if the promo post is anything to go by, it's got terrific special effects. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Everything about this is just oh, – it's very her. It's very on brand for Tara. Remember when she famously posed on the red carpet and didn't realise her nipple was exposed? She said she couldn't feel it. Too much surgery. <laughs> I mean, my nipples have been sucked dry and are numb also from many mouths feeding from them. I understand. <laughs> I get it. Sometimes you can slip a nip and not realise. No, not one person told her though on that red carpet. Not one person. <laughs> Tara. I think she might have gotten the message about this uh, comment though because she has subsequently deleted. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, but it's so pure. It, it is so pure. Think- it's a genuine reach out. Uh, it was a reach around. <laughs> I think <laughs> I just want to say. Just slide into Nicole's DMs. 
You know why? Because she's got a verified account. And if you've got a verified account, the person will get notified that you've messaged them. Because Instagram ranks you higher than some poor pleb that doesn't have a blue tick. So she could have just, or, you know, just had her manager reach out to Nicole's manager, like a normal person. (laughs) Or, you know, maybe realise that you've started in Sharknado 137 (laughs) and perhaps Nicole Kibben is out of your league. Oscar winner, Emmy Emmy winner. Like queen of prestige television and art house movies, Nicole Kidman, <laughs> face of Chanel, is probably not. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Just maybe gonna do lower. It. Yeah, like what about someone like I don't know, Pamela Anderson? She's great. Yeah, she's probably feels more like affordable. Pamela's sort of where we should totally. be pitching this one. I think so. She's a name. Also, can I just say, if you told me Pamela Anderson starring in five films about someone who has a mushrooms trip and doesn't know what's reality, I'm in. 100%. I'd much rather watch her do that than Nicole Kidman. Oh, well, Nicole's – I worry that Nicole wouldn't be able to kind of emote being high and unsure. (laughs) I'd be worried. Okay, we've got to talk about the undoing. Everyone's going on and on and on about it. Even Kim Kardashian is obsessed with it which she put out a message on her Instagram saying, guys, if I'm in a group chat with you, please don't talk about the undoing because I'm watching it. And I felt, <laughs> first of all, like, dude, how many people are you in a group chat with of the 90 million that follow you? Like your fucking sisters and your mum? Just yeah. send a text. <laughs> Maybe Just she's text. a very open and responsive communicator. <laughs> I don't know. So can you give everyone the synopsis of the undoing if they're unaware? Basically, it's about a woman, a flame-haired incredibly beautiful, flawless woman, Nicole Kidman, and she's a psychiatrist and happily married to Hugh Grant, who's a doctor, Mm -hmm. a paediatrician, or cures cancer in kids or something. And there's a grisly murder, and all of a sudden their social circle is uh, all all being considered suspects, but then then rather quickly it emerges that her husband – is the prime suspect and this runs counter to everything she's ever believed about her marriage and then over the course of six episodes the investigation closes in and and secrets are revealed twists galore and it's a it's a massive whodunit and i and i think i think the reason why it sort of caught fire so much is uh because the audience was genuinely split between a number of different uh candidates for who was the killer and so there was a lot of anticipation coming into the finale it is surprising how weak we all are when we are convinced that we are not. This is what I know. I'm in a room with two detectives who are treating me like I'm a suspect. Now, forgive me, isn't this a book? It is a book called You Should Have Known. So didn't people already know the end? Yes, and the book is actually not a whodunit. So they, mm-hmm. they, they rejigged it for the television show and sort of added in all these red herrings and everything like that to obscure the, you know, to create a guessing game. And full credit to them, they did it well because if you were on social media around the time that this finale was going to air, clearly a lot of people had hooked into this question and everyone had a little theory. Mm. So everyone's like there's been a lot of press about people being pissed off about the final, about who actually did it. Is that correct? Yes. That's correct. Right. Now, are we going to, should we just do a big, like. Oh, I don't know. I don't like the idea of telling people to stip, skip forward in our podcast. Okay. All right. Well, I won't. <laughs> I won't can I won't. you? Yes, you can do it. You're a clever orator. 
Yeah. How, why, why, without giving anything away, why are people so up in arms over the final r- reveal? I'm going to say that once you've watched the ending, it is impossible to talk about the disappointment without giving away. <laughs> it's actually impossible. Ah. What I, what I can say, though, is that yeah. it, when the series began, we all remember, yeah. I mean, basically everything on television now is just trying to be big little lies. Everything, everything. Everyone yeah. just wants yeah. sort of like a super classy high end. We're in the world of the rich and there's a murder and what's who, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, but the mm. amazing thing, I mean, Big Little Lies was amazing. And mm. what was partially amazing about it was it sucked us in with this sort of juicy, bitchy murder thing. And then, but once we got into it, we realised, holy shit, this is actually, this is about domestic violence and abuse. Mm. And it actually had something to say about all of that. And so it seemed frothy and sort of uh, sensationalist. But then the further you went into it, you realised this is a pretty amazing drama. Not the same here. Not the same. (laughs) (laughs) Like at the start you're like, is this going to be about how an incredibly privileged rich white woman sees just the reality she wants to see and everything like that? And then the further you go on, you realise, nah, nah, they just want a fun slam bang who done it and and uh, yeah, it's all about the coats that Cole Kimmons wearing and the hair she has and the face she has and it's just people, it's just rich people swatting around. I think why the Kardashians like it so much is because it just shows yeah, impossibly wealthy, impossibly good looking women with not much personality. They can be the lead characters in these oh. HBO shows <laughs> as well. And the only thing I will say about the finale, and this is a very minor spoiler, but I think it's part of the reason why people started to <laughs> sort of take the mickey out of this show, was it's set in the world of the ultra-rich, and let's just say there was a bit of a real reveal in the finale that the family in the centre of it has a helicopter that they can just access anytime they want. And so for a bit of a, bit of a high-stakes chase finale, well, quick, let's get to the helicopter. Oh, God. I would say it looked like it could be a compelling cutting look at the world of the rich. And in the end, it was pretty much glamour trash, but it was also quite enjoyable and also kind of enjoyable. You know, you're seeing Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman that are kind of beloved stars and, you know, it was pretty good roles for them both. I think it was just what people wanted. They wanted a trashy big whodunit in this, mm. this time. It was, it was very escapist. <laughs> but also, I mean, it's a hilarious premise, especially... I, I can't help but think <laughs> of you being the Nicole Kidman character because a lot of it, a lot of the story hinges on to what extent does she believe her husband, believe his innocence, and to what extent will she defend him? And if she is put on the stand, will she help the cause or not? And imagine oh, imagining if Scott was accused of a murder and you oh. were put on the stand and cross-examined. <laughs> I mean, he would be going down. Is it possible that your husband has a secret life that you don't know about? Well, yes, he does write several times a week for hours at a time. I, I, I assume he's on a bike, but he could have another family. I, I don't know. You know Has your husband it- ever, ever at any time showed any traits of emotional disconnection from you? <laughs> well, yes, look, we've been together 20 years and sometimes we just talk to each other like on a functional purpose. We have our ups and downs. I mean, yes. <laughs> Can you account for your husband's whereabouts on Saturday, Tuesday? No. I don't even know where he is now. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I think the defence would not be calling you. No. No, absolutely. <laughs> I did watch one episode um, and I don't like to make a habit of speaking about people's appearances 
publicly anyway, because <laughs> too much focus on especially women. But I will say she looks so, so, so much younger than her chronological age. Yeah. The fact that with Nicole Kidman, we're now using the phrase chronological age. Yeah. And, and I, I, I respect a woman's right to do whatever they want to their face. God knows I tinker with mine. But I think if it's getting in the way of you doing your craft, I don't know. I just wonder at what point, I don't know, like is it okay to ever comment on a woman's face when, I mean, I would automatically instinctively say no, absolutely not. But then when she's in a scene and she's supposed to be extremely distressed because her husband's missing and she doesn't know where he is and he's being accused of she's being pulled into police station, if she can't get that across as an actress with her facial expressions, I don't know, isn't it at some point somewhere a director has to say, Nikki, <laughs> we need you to frown, babe. We need to frown. Can we do anything about that? So I don't know, like part of me is like, yes, bitch, great. You're looking smooth. You're doing your best. You're just trying to keep – it's hard being an actress in your frigging 50s in Hollywood. Of course I understand. I'm sad that the pressure's on her. I feel the same about our Lord and Saviour Madonna's face. Part of oh, me is yes. like, do whatever you want, babe. You're Madonna. Yeah, like we support Dolly. But then, yes, Dolly is primarily singing in Christmas, cheesy Christmas specials and playing yeah. stadiums and things like that, arenas. So – it's not necessary for us to see the smallest little twitch of yeah. a frown. And with what Nicole does, she's such a, she's she's that she's a great actress, she's a great dramatic actress. And I just wonder, but then part of me is super cringing that I'm even talking about it. So I just felt really torn watching. Oh well, her. and also let's keep in mind that these two most famous recent television roles, this and Big Little Lies, she is playing incredibly wealthy women that True. themselves would have That's what they would look like. So yeah. maybe she's just method acting. Maybe Nikki's just going full Daniel Day Lewis. Getting the whole lot done because that's what a societal <laughs> New York woman would look like, and shame on me for even bringing it. And I do, and I do feel yuck about it. And I don't want to. And, and I'm sad that we are in a society where women do feel that pressure to maintain this impossible standard of young to be employable. But yeah, I did find it. I had to get over myself with how much younger she looked than you, who's only a little few years older than her. Yeah, they're basically the same generation, and yet. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I, I think that was what exacerbated it so much in this case yeah. is that most of her scenes are with him and he has clearly not had any intervention whatsoever and yeah. and I would also say has had quite a hard drinking, not a lot of sleep no, sort of existence. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like he's been in a rock and roll band for most of his life, let's put it that way. He's gone the other way. I do want to just put it out there for once and for all. We, we do please try not to comment on a woman's outward appearance like – but I did, I'm just being honest, I did find it startling to begin with. But then, you know, whatever, do what you want, babe. Oh, God, I'm so, it's so complicated. It is so complicated. I, look, and, and she's shown with things like Destroyer, for example, when she played that sort of grizzled cop, and I mean grizzled in every sense of the word. Yeah. That, you know, she, 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 can, do it. she can change up the look and yeah. everything. It's yeah. also a directorial choice as well, how they shoot it. And, and you know, she yeah. doesn't, like, she's, she's, they've, Done a big Nicole throwback wig in this one. And so she's got the, she's got gone pretty much back to far and away Nicole or dead calm Nicole oh. with the big red mane. Like, oh. and, and all of these things are directorial choices as well. I mean, uh, my impression of her is that um, she is someone that truly gives themselves over to whatever a director wants. Like, I 
I was lucky enough to see her work with Baz Luhrmann. Oh, you did? Yes, and she did yes. every, you know, she gave it. She gave whatever he wanted she would give. She's, she's in some ways, she's really selfless like that, just gives herself over to it. And, and that's why I think in some ways, you know, when she's in a great film with a great director, she is spectacular. But if she's in, she's not one of those mm. actors that if it's a bad film and a bad director, there are some actors that just like, well, they'll still hold themselves together and go through. Nicole Kidman mm. is so, gives herself over to the director that mm. if the director's vision's a bit off, then her performance might be a bit suspect too. Well, I saw, have you seen Amy Adams interview Nicole Kidman? Oh, have I ever? It's Please. riveting. Uh, and and the way they both seem like that same, like T-1000 from Terminator 2 style actress. Do you know what yes. I mean? Yes. <laughs> and both commenting of the fact that how have they not played sisters? And true, how? How have they not? There, there looks like there's such a strong family resemblance between the two of them. <laughs> yes. You be the judge if you're going to watch it. It's The Undoing on Foxtel. Yeah. And if you just want a really enjoyable popcorn kind of like glamour trash murder mystery with some great stars in it, then Mm -hmm. enjoy it. Just enjoy it. And no release date yet for Marsha's Mushrooms, but we'll be following the story closely and um, hopefully scoring some interviews on Emsolation with the leads, which I'm assuming will now be Tara Reid and Nicole Kidman. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a good day. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. This is Emsolation. All right, that's it. Thank you for listening. Oh, I still feel a bit yucky about talking about Nicole's face. She has a lovely face. She's a very lovely, kind human. I don't know. I just, I wonder if other people will, I don't know. Oh, I hope you're not disappointed in me for talking about it. I mean, I'm, yeah, as you can, as you heard, I'm conflicted. But it was so obvious. But as Michael said, maybe she was just playing the part. Well, have a wonderful day, whatever you may be doing. I'm still outside at my mum and dad's. Can you hear some sounds? Some birds? (laughs) Matt, put some birds in in case I can't hear birds. (coughs) The year is drawing to a close. Uh, We've got a few more weeks. There's going to be some changes at Emsolation next year, which is exciting. Uh, But we won't let you. We'll let you know that in the next few weeks. But um, thank you to our patrons. I know the money would have come out of your account this week. Um, quite a few people sometimes cancel before the first of the month. That's okay. I get it. But for those of you who didn't cancel, I appreciate you. Um, the money that comes in really does help me keep this thing going. And next year will be especially important to help keep the podcast going. So have a wonderful day. Shout out to the Emsolators and Emsolovers, to our patrons. I love you. And uh, to everyone else, I love you too. All right. I'm off to seek some me time getting my hair done today. Oh, do you know what I have to tell you? I'm on the project on Friday night, tomorrow night, if you're listening on Thursday, um, the, what is it for? The 5th of December. And this is exciting. Okay. So on the project, you've got your main chairs. So you've got your Waleed and Georgie um, or Waleed and Carrie. And then you've got Pete's role. He's the comedy chair. And then there's the fourth role, which is the host, you know, another host that kind of switches in and out. Well, I am Pete's on holidays, um, so I'm filling in for Pete, the comedy chair, on Friday night, which is it's my first time. It's a big, it's a big girl's chair. It's exciting. Um, I'll be coming from Melbourne. I think everyone else comes from Sydney. But I need your support. I need you to laugh along. I need you to all be watching. I'm very excited to do the comedy chair. It's a big deal. Um, keeping Pete's seat warm. I think Tommy Little does it on Fridays, though. Keeping Tommy's seat warm. 
Um, the project have been putting a lot of women in that chair this week, which has been fantastic. If you're listening to this before Friday, the 5th, 4th of December, second, third, yeah, um, watch the project, Channel 10. If you're not in Australia, this means nothing to you, but just know you girls moving up in the world. <laughs> All right, this is a, this is way longer than I anticipated, but I do want to remind you because I needed you all to watch. I need you to like leave positive comments on all the project stuff. Oh, she's great. That's great. You know, the usual. All right, have a great day. Bye.